Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday, talking some USC Trojan football. We're counting down towards National Signing Day in the 2018 class. Of course, there's lots of USC football news and tidbits to talk about. We're going to do that today with Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. If you want to send us a question, you guys have kept sending them in. We appreciate it. Podcast at USC Football. Dot com. That's our email address. Or if you want to call or text, you can call 424-254-9141. That's our voicemail number and also our text number. So send in your text, send in your voicemail, send in your email. We love to talk about what you want to hear about here on the show. We'll keep them going all throughout the off season, and we'll start counting down towards that 2018 season. It just seems like it's many, many months away, I guess. Because it is many, many months away, but we'll get there. Spring football is the next big uh, team activity coming up next that we'll be covering. And, of course, we'll talk a lot of recruiting and all the other kind of stuff. Signing day is a really big deal, finding out who the future Trojans are going to be. All right, well, let's welcome in the coach, Coach Harvey Hyde. What is up, Coach? How are you doing? Ryan, another beautiful day and another beautiful day to talk football. As you said, uh, recruiting is coming close. Spring practice is not that far away. It'll go fast. All of a sudden, there'll be the spring game. I think that's somewhere around April 14th. I'm not even sure yet. But uh, then again, it's, uh, summer workouts, and then UNLV will be in the Coliseum on September the 1st. Yes, if you've seen the pictures of the Coliseum, it does not look <laughs> it does not look the same. So uh, the renovations are underway. It's going to be a crazy season, 2018. Just seeing all the temporary stuff, people moved into seats they're not going to normally be in. So it's going to be a little crazy over at the Coliseum. In 2018, with a tough road schedule too, so we'll see. We'll we'll talk about all that in the in the coming weeks and months. I uh, wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. You can go to sctickets.com or give them a call one 7287 If you need tickets for anything, sporting event, concert, you want to go to a play, take your wife, take your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, whatever. You can do that at sctickets.com. Tell Curtis that Coach Harvey Hyde sent you over there. All right. Coach, well, I mean, I know there's not a whole lot going on, but we still get a lot of questions. So we should probably just jump right in and start uh, talking about the topics that the, the, the listeners want to hear. What do you think? I think, you're, I think I'm ready. Let's go. My bad, Coach. Before we jump into the questions, I forgot I wanted to mention this at the top of the show. Uh, for the rest of the weekend and Monday, all the way into midnight uh, Eastern time, so 9 p.m. on the West Coast, we are offering a huge deal. It'll be our best sale of the year over at uscfootball.com. If you want to be a VIP member, meaning you get access to all the insider stuff, especially the Peristyle, the biggest, busiest, and best uh, USC uh, message board out there. All the insiders, all the stuff you get on there is great. Everyone loves it if you go over there to the Peristyle. Check it out. Um, we're offering four months for free. So if you do sign up for a month, which is nine ninety five. And uh, you'll get five months. So it's like basically four months free, five months for the price of one. It'll take you through spring football and stuff. And it's just really a great way to kind of very 
you know, economically get into uscfootball.com and see what you're missing. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of new people sign up on Friday and Saturday, and we expect more Sunday and Monday as well. So if you're hearing this before the end of Monday, definitely go and try to sign up. If you happen to hear this like on a Tuesday or something, drop me an email and let me know, hey, I, I just missed the, you know, I want to sign up, but I missed the uh, the deadline and I'll see what I can do. I should be able to get that for you. But um, this is going up on Sunday. So if you're hearing this before midnight on Monday, sign up for a month and you will get for free. So you're not going to beat that deal anywhere. All right. Our first uh, question, Coach, is a text question. It's from Corey in South Carolina. Thank you guys for the true, honest insight for us East Coast USC diehards. All of your hard work is greatly appreciated. Question for the coach. Uh, would it be illegal to use former greats on recruiting visits? Uh, if allowed, why not take Troy Palomalo when in home with Polly recruits Reggie for the tailbacks, which would surely generate an instant commit? Liner Palmer for quarterbacks, Juju Robert Woods for wide receivers, Leonard Williams for defensive tackles, especially out of Florida. Kids all want to be like these guys, and personal visits would do wonders. Uh, last thing with Reggie uh, being a Helix High alum, why not ask him to be in on the uh, ear of that stud DB Isaac Taylor Stewart every chance he gets. Fight on, and thanks for keeping the East Coast up to speed. Corey in South Carolina. I, I sense some NCAA violations here, Coach. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, in my days, we could use, we could do that. We could uh, use alumni as far as uh, we call them bumps. Uh, you can bump a guy, which means he just happens to run into him on campus or run into him in the uh, cafeteria, wherever you might be, in the weight room, and and have a chance to, to talk. Uh, we used to be able to do that in recruiting call uh, too. We used to call them bumps. If you happen to be on a campus and you're there seeing somebody and you happen to run into them, you call that a bump, which is an NCAA violation. Today they've changed it a lot, where you can't have any type of uh, boosters or anybody uh, not affiliated with the university. Uh, talk to a student athlete you can have a faculty member you can have anybody that's on campus current uh, current players uh, coaches anyone that's full-time or part-time as far as salaried by the university can have contact and can talk with recruited uh, student athletes i think that's another reason why uh, they keep us in a certain area too ryan you know that as far as talking to any of the recruits that come on campus at least when they're on campus, uh, they keep us separated where we don't talk with their parents or talk with them and get any comments. But, again, away from campus, you can call them and do anything you want. So uh, I, I don't think you can do that. I wish you could. I don't see any violation why that should be a violation. But they're always worried about extra benefits that someone makes a deal or says that if you come to school here, we'll make sure – this happens or that happens, so they try to limit all the contact from anybody that's from off campus uh, now in recruiting. Yeah, there's a uh, the NCAA would frown upon all of that. Plus, I mean, you, those guys are not like on call all the time to do your recruiting bidding. <laughs> they have jobs, they have lives. Uh, that would be hard. That would be hard to do. But thanks for the question um, from the East Coast. Sean says. How many coaches are up in the press box on Saturdays? And have, as coach, have you ever used two different play callers as co-offensive coordinators? That's from Sean. Uh, I haven't, but I did when I was a head football coach. I had someone I respected a lot who assisted me from the press box. Someone who saw the field completely. 
someone who more knew more about the passing game than I knew, and I respected his play calling when I would ask him as far as what he sees in the press box and what he thinks we should try to do. I think a lot of coordinators do do that. But, again, I, I think that you get into a rhythm. You know what your feel is. You know what's going on. You know what you're trying to accomplish, and you don't want to be interrupted. Especially uh, when I see people talking to a coordinator or someone that's play, uh, calling plays during the actual possession of the football, uh, that sort of bothers me because you get yourself in a zone and you get a feel of what you're trying to do and a feel of the defense and you get a feel of the momentum that you're trying to accomplish. So I think it's very difficult to have more than one person calling plays. That one person prepares the offense for all the different red zones and jumbo packages and all the third and longs and all the things that are necessary during a football game. And that person gets a feel of knowing if this play works, what I'm going to call. You're always a play ahead. You're always a play ahead to know what you're going to do, but you made a call a couple of plays away back, and you say, I know this time what I'm going to do against that or how they stopped it, and I want to do it now. When someone interrupts me or has their idea, that takes me out of my rhythm. You hear about rhythm all the time in offense. Well, it's very important, too, that a play caller gets a rhythm, not only on the offensive side of the football, but the defensive side of the football. You get into a rhythm of, of what what you think will work and what's working, and then you try to think about how to throw them off that rhythm, the other team. And So, no, I have I, I don't like it. I used it because I respected the person that was in the press box as far as getting suggestions, uh, and uh, we worked very well together. And I needed that help as a head football coach because I didn't have the time to prepare like I should have uh, when I was a coordinator, and I didn't do it on the four-year level. Most of this was done on the community college level. All right. Thanks for that one. Uh, good stuff, Coach. We had, uh, during the Dan Weber show, and we actually had a thread on the Peristyle on uscfootball.com, Coach, where there was a lot of suggestions for what we should do for the podcast, and this was our 10th season, so we've covered 10 football seasons of doing it, and Coach Harvey High was on the very first one we did. Uh, the show's always been question-based, basically we answer a lot of people's questions. And we've added new episodes where I'll do different guests and things like that, so it's not fully question-based. But normally that's what we do is answer questions. And there was some people on the Peristyle that were like, they don't want to hear the questions, they want to just hear the answers. And it's like, well, how do you answer things if you don't have the question? And um, But anyway, we got this uh, text message from David. He said, hey, Ryan, Coach, Mr. Dan, we love your show, and beggars can't be choosers. It's your podcast. You run it the way you want. You guys do a great job, and I'm always letting fellow Trojans know about you guys. This is in response to your intro on the uh, January 24th podcast. By the way, kudos to Mr. Dan Weber. I ran into him at the Omni Hotel in Dallas the night before the Cotton Bowl. Fight on. UCLA, S-U-X-X, David in La Mirada. Yeah, so there's some people coach. I mean, we I try to, like, uh, condense the questions, but it's hard because there's so many Um so, you know, I want to, I want, when people ask questions, I wanted to be able to get on here and people can hear what, you know, what their questions were and get them answered. So, but there's some people that don't like a coach, so I don't know what to do. Well, you know, you can take just a general topic as far as hiring of coaching staffs. How do you go about doing it? Uh, what, what is USC trying to accomplish now with their current staff? What areas do they need strength in? I'm, I'm just saying, if we just start to talk about topics, uh, the interviewing that's now going on with coaches as far as are they staying or are they going during recruiting period, 
is that bad or good? Why is that going on? The extension of T. Martin, was that good or bad, a multi-year uh, contract uh, when you really don't know what the circumstances are with the head football coach and Clay Elton? There's a lot of different topics out there in recruiting. Is recruiting as exciting this year as it's been in the past? Uh, all of the different topics out there, there's so many of them that maybe if you just want to throw a topic out and say, Talk about the offensive line play. Talk about the defensive line play. Talk about the what it takes to have a great coaching staff. Uh, what is uh, what do they have that's positive? What do they need? Uh, what about are there too many coaches on the coaching staffs? Are there too many opinions on evaluation of players? I mean, there's so much to talk about. I mean, you have like 20 or 30 <laughs> coaches now in different positions now uh, on a football coaching staff as far as behind the scenes and everything that you really wonder what do these people do and uh, how do they go about doing it and are they qualified and where do they come from and what are their ties with USC how much are they paid are they volunteer Uh, all of these different things what does coach Helton do as far as I hear that now assistant coaches are offering scholarships when I was coaching I thought it was an honor for me to offer a scholarship to somebody. Now assistant coaches are offering scholarships. I think that's sort of like the head coach's job to say, we think enough of you to offer you a scholarship. So these are just different things out there that, you know, that we could talk about. But again, I, I have no answers. We'll do whatever you guys want us to do. Yeah. I think, I mean, I like when people throw out topics too, as well, but just, we've done, people's questions for 10 years it's you know and a lot and we get a lot of positive feedback after that there's some people that were detractors they're like ah people ramble on i don't want to hear what they have to say and blah 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 i mean they were even saying we don't want to hear the voicemails just to answer them it's like well how do you how do you know and voicemails i like because you get to you know, it's not just me reading what they're saying you get to hear what their voice inflection what you know what they're really you know they might be very passionate about a subject so We'll keep going on. Um, I, def- I definitely asked people to kind of send shorter questions than before, and then I got a lot of pushback on that too, so I kind of stopped doing that. Um, but, yeah, let's uh, we'll, we'll roll on here with the next one. All right, next up, uh, this one is from Ken. He said, respect to Coach Hyde, but he is off base in his philosophy on potential coaching hires. He essentially believes that USC should poach from elite programs and adopt favorable aspects of their programs. I disagree with such an unoriginal and uninspiring approach. That's kind of strange. I I think it's a proven approach that works. Uh, Coach Carroll brought a unique philosophy based on competition and focused practice and game plans on different aspects of competition. We need to bring in a staff with such a uniquely focused philosophy. We don't need Arizona State, Western Kentucky, Utah, etc. coaching rejects. I want USC and its coaching staff to develop a unique and uh, a, a, sorry, a unique way for the team uh, to set. I'm, uh, I'm sorry. He says a unique approach and philosophy to the team that sells the team and recruits on that philosophy, such as Coach Carroll and I assume uh, Dela McCullough. Faith Family Football, frankly, leaves us at the brink and not at the pinnacle. With its talent, USC should be winning the Pac-12 and winning playoff games. We need the unique leadership and coaching talent to get there. We don't have that now. That's that's from Ken. That's kind of interesting. At the beginning, it sounded like he didn't want to go hire experienced coaches. Um, but I, 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 then it sounds like the rest of his email, it sounds like that's what he wanted to do. I'm not sure what he means, Coach. 
Well, Ken, I respect what you're saying. I think he interpreted what I said last week as far as getting the best you can from great programs, top programs, and uh, letting them uh, assist you in some of your decisions as far as the way Nick Saban did it or Urban Meyer did it. I'm not telling you you do it, but you certainly like to hear what happens in their staff meetings and how they handle certain things as far as with their overall programs. I'm not saying that you're going you're gonna, to uh, listen to all of them. Because the head coach is the one that ultimately, ultimately makes all the decisions. But I used to listen to everybody's opinion, and I would then go along with what my thoughts were. And I used to tell uh, uh, all of my assistant coaches that became head coaches, remember they hired you for a reason, so make sure you don't change too much, but you must have the qualities they're looking for. But I always look for the top assistant coaches anywhere, someone that could be a head coach, I wanted people on our staff that always had the potential of taking my job or getting another job somewhere else because that meant we were winning. Maybe that would elevate me into another another position. But at USC, I think that's one of the ultimate coaching college jobs in the country. So I really wouldn't be looking for another college football position. When Pete Carroll came to USC, he had a philosophy. He brought people with him that had been with him with, at New England, Dwayne Walker, uh, Kirby Wilson, uh, then, of course, uh, Ed Orgeron was there, but Tom Davis. Uh, I mean, he brought some – is it Tim Davis or Tom Davis, Tim, whatever Tim it was? Da- Tim Davis, yeah. Tim Davis, the def- offensive line coach, Norm Chow. I mean, he brought a, a great staff, but all of them had their own philosophy. All of them came from a different program and brought their, their will and their intelligence to uh, also uh, contribute to – Pete Carroll's staff. Remember, Pete Carroll hadn't been in college, so he had to have college coaches around him to assist him in ways of recruiting. And, of course, Pete Carroll sold himself. He had that personality because he was a good-looking guy, too, at a great university. The parents wanted to see him in the home. And also, he was able to get on the streets and was accepted anywhere. And, and he always had open practices with a lot of enthusiasm. Well, that's Pete Carroll. Well, everybody can't be Pete Carroll, but Pete Carroll listened to people, uh, but he yet made his decisions on what he wanted to do. And what I was referring to last week is you want to get you want to get suggestions from programs that have been successful at your level, not always suggestions from different levels of program and too many coaches from one program, because you're getting too much of uh, advice of one certain program. And I think that you've got to be able to spread uh, your uh, philosophy that you have along with other philosophies and take the best of all to make your program one of the tops. And that's what I was meaning, meaning by what I was referring to last week. All right. Uh, thanks for that one, Ken. Uh, we got one from Mark. Kind of a shot at me or doesn't agree with what I say. He says, Ryan continues to believe that USC has the best talent and it's all the coach's fault that we do not win by 50 in every game we play. Well, I disagree, especially with the talent we have on the two lines, which is where I believe all good-slash-great teams need to start. Last year, the coaches addressed the defensive line talent, bringing in several talented players. Uh, that, with seasoning and coaching, will serve the team well, and in, point, and in point of fact, the results are already starting to show on the field this past year. Unfortunately, we have not been as successful in recruiting offensive line talent. In 2016, we had five fat boys that could not move but limited the ability to successfully run sweeps, traps, draws, and screens. This past year, we had slightly better athleticism on the offensive line, but with Falo, Tula, and Vianney still starting, we could not 
uh, execute any plays requiring the offensive line to move outside of two or three yards. Gerard Martinez states that we have a lot of guard talent, but he does not think we have tackle talent, notwithstanding all the skill talent that we have at running back, quarterback, corner, and safety. I believe that we will not return to elite status until this issue is addressed. Since Dan and Coach Hyde have a coaching background, I'd like to hear their thoughts on this issue. What do you think, Coach? That's from Mark. Well, Mark, uh, I think that you're right. I think it all starts with the uh, defense and offensive line. I really do believe that. You can find skilled players. You can find uh, players like that. There's so many great athletes today, but you've got to find a special guy that likes to play up front. And I, I think sometimes you've heard me talk about uh, how important it is to play a kid at a position that best fits his athletic ability, uh, uh, a player that can run, a player that has a low uh, gravity we can pull and get in front of a play and not be behind a play. Uh, and I don't know if necessarily that's been what USC's been doing. Uh, and, and you've heard me talk about that the whole time. I thought Chris Brown's a great player. He made all conference, but I think he's a tackle. Okay, I just think he's a tackle. And I think uh, uh, Lobodon's a guard. Now he's going to be a center probably. So I think it's very important you get your players in the right position that are what they're for and what they do. And again, again, I think that the toughness of a player is very important too. And a, tough, and a player plays with the personality of its coach, especially who coach him in his position. I mean, as far as how hard they work and the pride they have and what they do on the sled. You know, I don't see some of the tough drills that used to be done in football practice with the interior linemen that I used to. As far as going one play after the next after the next, not going one every three or four plays and alternating. I'm talking about going every single play, 15 pass blocks in a row. But you might have to do that during a football game, and it's the last pass one, the 14th and the 15th, is the one that's just as important as the first one. Or hitting the sled not every three or every four, but pushing the sled down the field for, for 13 plays, 14 plays, because when you get down to the goal line, that's when you need the extra ex- effort, and that's when you're in better shape than the defensive lineman. You're, you're stronger, you're better conditioned, your legs are ready to drive. I don't see those type of things anymore. And I don't see uh, probably the uh, enthusiasm of coaching I used to see. Not that it's not there, but I'm talking about telling someone how to play football and make sure he understands it in his language and my language of what I expect from him. Sometimes you go on a football field now and it sounds like it sounds like a library. Before it used to be a concert. Now it's a library. And I think it's important to get out there and let people feel that this is a gladiator game, believe me. Hasn't changed. It's a gladiator game and you can't bring too much of the orchestra into it, okay? Or whatever. So, yeah, I think that's part of it that's missing. I think the importance of how tough you are. This is not a a dance class. This is a football game. I'm training you to go out there and and be tougher than the other guy. And I think that comes from your coach, his philosophy, and exactly what he expects from your performance. And I think your philosophy and who your defensive and offensive line coaches are, defensive coordinators, I think that's big, big, big part of what and how your kids play and how they react and how strong they are and how tough they are and how they don't have to play with, you know, arm, uh, what do they call them, bicep binds and bands are these things they put on their biceps now 
to show how much muscle they have. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> uh, maybe I should try those. They may look a little bit bigger. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, this one, uh, this is from Pasadena Mac. It's a little and you long. know, they actually issue those. It's not like the kids put those on. They issue those things uh, to uh, they, they get the kids fired up to play football. Are you kidding me? You don't have to have big biceps to play football. You just got to be a football player. Be, to be a football player. You know, if you want to join Mr. America or one of those contests, go do that. But these guys are wearing these long sleeves on one arm and the other arm and all these different things they're doing. Man, oh, man, bring attention to yourself by being a football player, not a, not a, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, bring it some other way, you know, what they're doing. <laughs> uh, They've got them on their calves now. Yeah, I'm on Ross St. Brown's dad was uh... – was it Mr. Olympia, Mr. Universe, something like that? Like that was, <laughs> he used to do that back in the day. Um, all right, we'll move on. Pasadena Mac, he said, Hey, Ryan and Coach Hyde, I'm a former player of Coach Hyde, a college football fan and business person, so I offer the following thought. The administration has a goal of national championships, and they expect Coach Helton to deliver the results, but they don't resource Coach Helton to deliver the goal. Frankly, if you want to be a champion, every element of the organization must be championship caliber, including the athletic administration, coaches, players, and every element of support, stadium, weight room, training, rehabilitation, medical staff, trainers, etc. Find the best people, hire them, develop them, reward them, and win. I have heard that the athletic administration has taken an adversarial position uh, with recognizing and rewarding our coaching staff, Rose Bowl bonus payments to our coaches, under average salaries, short-term contracts, limited staff, and resource support. I think the athletic administration wants a quote-unquote gourmet meal on a beer budget, and they are under-resourcing our people, coaches. People are most important uh, component of a championship, and if we don't recruit and develop the very best throughout organization, we cannot build a championship. <clears throat> Excuse me. In my experience, great people make or find a path to the championship. People make hundreds of daily decisions to drive an organization to a championship caliber or not. The USC administration can only meet our championship goals with a strategy built around outstanding people. I think Clay can build our culture and lead our people if the administration gives him the support. What do you think? We are under are we under resourcing or neglecting our people? Are we building a poor reputation because we are under resourcing our people and no longer considered the preferred program for people with championship aspirations? In my opinion, the issue starts with the administration. You can't realize a premier goal without resourcing the supporting strategies. People first. That's from Pasadena Mac. Well, Pasadena Mac, you hit it right on there. I'm going to tell you right now, you can't win a national championship without the regents and without the president thinking it's really important for the university uh, to be successful in athletics as well as everything else, and everything else. As far as resources, I don't think USC lacks resources. They don't have the resources that maybe the Southeastern Conference does, and the Big 12 has, and the Big 10 because of their television package, which is ridiculous compared to the others. But they do have the resources to be successful and win. And I think right now the Pac-12 has dropped down, and obviously you can see that because of resources as far as their bowl record and and exactly the, you know their TV uh, uh, package that they have. No one sees them on TV. The time of their games... Uh, a lot of their games on the Pac-12 network, and no one cares. 
So I think this really does hurt the Pac-12 as well as it hurts USC. I think it starts with the president. I don't know the president. I see the president at sporting events, but I have never heard him. Now, correct me. I mean, come out, uh, maybe at banquets or, or other things. I don't attend everything, but does it really come out, and do they really say, hey, football is really key. Athletics is really key. Yes. Also, our med school is really key. Yes. Also, our all the other departments we have are really key, but the thing that unites our university where we all come out, no matter what department we're in, is our athletic program when we all gather together in one location. Students, faculty, alumnus, everybody, football fan, basketball fan at athletic events. I've never heard him say that. Now, maybe you have, Ryan, and I apologize now if he has publicly made that strong statement. And it has to be a strong statement so everyone in the university hears it. I think Lynn Swan wants to win. I think it's important. But I need to have him be a little bit more vocal, too. And I like Lynn. But he needs to step up and also say how important it is time after time in his speeches and be at sporting events, and he is at sporting events, don't get me wrong, but emphasize how important it is to the entire university, and winning is the only thing that uh, does. It's like getting an A in a test. Everyone strives to get an A in a test, and I think it's very important that this is out there. I think it's, there's ways of endorsing uh, Clay Helton more. Right now I haven't heard of any great endorsement. I mean, right now, there's people that like Clay Helton. There's people that don't like Clay Helton. There's people that think that, you know, there's people that like Pat Hayden. There's people that like Lynn Swan. There's too many divisions uh, within the department. There's people that like the renovation of the Coliseum. There's people that don't like the renovation of the Coliseum. There's so many different facets that do and don't and this and that that it needs to be unified into one objective as far as USC and being the top universities in the country in all areas. I think there's a difference in right philosophy right now as far as student body, all these different things, too, on what direction the university is going. So there's been a lot of changes in the university. It's not the same as what it used to be, and I'm sorry to say this. Maybe you people don't see it, but I can see it. And I think that right now, USC doesn't intimidate others as it did on the athletic gridiron as it used to do. And I think it's important to maintain that intimidation. I think USC fans like the feeling of just saying, how bad are we going to beat these guys today? How bad are we going to beat them? And make sure they go out and they even plan the post-game party because they know it's going to be a great afternoon. There hasn't been that feeling. The feeling is, uh-oh, which team is going to show up? Well, that philosophy has got to start at the top from the regions all the way down, and the importance of that put on everyone, including the athletes, to perform at the greatest. And it starts with recruiting, philosophy, what your offense, what your defense, what you're going to run, what, what's your rhythm, who you're going to be, the identification of your program, as well as everything else, and the university. So that's my feeling. I think that 
right now there's a too many different things that have happened where there isn't one direction of where the university is going. And maybe I'm wrong, and I apologize, but I'm just looking at it as a whole. That's uh, Pasadena Mac, former Coach Harvey Hyde player, firing you up, Coach. I love it. No, it is, because I've, I've been there. I've, I've gone into the office and meetings and been told uh, certain things. I say, we've got to have this. We're not getting uh, certain students admitted. Okay, and other schools are that we're playing, and uh, they say, "Oh, uh, well, well, you know, uh, we can we could do this, but uh, right now we're not." And I say, "Well, how can you expect me to beat the schools, the other schools we're playing, when they can be admitted at their school and they can't be admitted at our school? Yet, no one's you know giving them a chance or an opportunity. If they can't make it, fine." And you starts with. Your president saying, let's give them a chance. Uh, it's within the NCAA rules. Let's make sure that we allow these kids an opportunity because it's important what they bring our university. Or I've heard people say, uh, no, we don't have the money to do this, but everybody else in our conference can do it. What? What are you talking about? I mean, it's all these different things that you don't hear behind closed doors of where they praise you on one hand in a meeting on the other side you're not getting what you're supposed to get. So, you know, and, and I've been in those meetings. Maybe a lot of you people haven't been in meetings like that, but uh, I've been in those meetings, and uh, they're not fun, okay? So, uh, and these things do happen. All right, we got two more questions for you. This is kind of a follow-up with the coaching. Uh, Ed and Alicia Viejo, USC hasn't pursued top-level staff upgrades, so the coaching strategy has to focus more on self-improvement some people refer to this as the dreaded learning-on-the-job approach. We know about methods used to improve player performance like drills, scrimmages, and film study. But what else can or should USC's coaching staff be doing in order to improve its communications and teaching abilities? For instance, do coaches review film and audio of themselves during practices? Do they evaluate recordings of the in-game headset conversations between the booth and the sidelines? Beyond good recruiting and win totals, I think more fans would feel better about the near future of the program if they had a better sense as to whether and how coaches are trying to improve themselves. Thanks, Ed and Alicia Viejo, and and rest in peace to Ed in the high desert. Let let me tell you, uh, you know, that's a hell of a point. You know, I don't know if ever there's been a recording of what goes on on the uh, conversations during the game on the headsets. I really don't. That'd be real interesting to hear what goes on during the game and the rhythm and what's going on in the conversation and communication between the coaches and also the players during the game. I think that's real important. But you've heard me say before, I've seen Sam Darnold come out of the game and just stand there by himself. I don't see anybody putting his arm around him or talking to him. You've heard me say uh, the defensive line coaches in the press box, and I said, I've never seen that before. Defensive line coach... She'd be on the field working with his guys like I talked about, maybe biting a face mask or something to get his guys ready to play, not a, a graduate assistant or assistant defensive line coach doing that. Uh, you know, you've got to evaluate all those things, and you wonder why. I mean, I just want someone to explain to me if he can see better up there, and that's why he's there, but I need my guy down there, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> chawing out a few ears yeah. or <laughs> or trying to, you know, this is where it's at in the interior line. This is a gladiator in there, babe. And, uh, I, I mean, yeah, 
That, that's a heck of a point. I'd like to listen. They'd never let you listen to it, but I hope a, a head coach should evaluate what's going through the lines or what are people talking about or why didn't we get the play? Why was there a delay of game after timeout? That's my biggest question. How do you get a delay of game after a timeout or have 10 players on the field after a timeout? I mean, those are the things that you know, really make you look bad. People start to say, do they know what they're doing? And, uh, yes, they know what they're doing, but, hey, man, let's get this thing communicated up. And don't tell me we're a running football team. We believe in the run. We're a running football team first. But, really, you're not. So I think it's best off to be honest with the people on who you are. Yeah, uh, I think that's – I think they have to be honest, and I think they're – when you are a younger coaching staff or an inexperienced coaching staff, there's going to have to be a lot of learning on the job. But I'll be curious to see. We might want to ask Clay Helton about that. Where, hey, you hired uh, you know a quarterback coach with little to you know little experience, a wide receiver coach with little experience. Like, how can they become better coaches? Like, what are you're you're exactly right. And let me tell you this: I used to have some most of the time my defensive coordinator was in the in the press box because he saw the whole picture and I want people. Them. I remember a game I had when we were playing, uh, and I called a defensive coordinator on the phone. He was a press box, and I told him, you better get your you-know-what down here on the field, but your defense is playing like you-know-what. And obviously it's not playing up to the ability. We're, we're moving the football over the field, and we're getting the scoring rates because you're da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Can't stop anybody. So you better get your you-know-no-da-da down here. And if you have to coach the whole game in the field, you better get down there. And he was down there in about five minutes, and we turned that whole game around. Because he came down and gave those guys a message. Hey, guys, I just got you-know-what ripped on me. And I don't know if I'll be here Monday. And we better get things going around here. I think there's an attitude that you have to have that you will not accept mediocrity from anybody players and so on, including myself, the head football coach, and this is my responsibility. I'm sorry to interrupt you, Ryan. No, no, that's good. Uh, well, we have one last question for you. More on the coaching. A lot of coaching questions. Uh, well, you're the coach, so that's good. Uh, our buddy Tarek says, USC's offensive line play must improve in order for USC to be a playoff contender. As a former offensive line coach, what would you advise, or what would your advice be to Neil Callaway, USC's offensive line coach? First thing, I'd want them to be tougher. I don't know how tough they are. I want some tough guys, breed toughness. If you can't handle it, then get out. I mean, I want some guys that uh, don't want to be beaten. Guys that, And if you don't have the athletic ability, then you know what? You're recruiting the wrong guy. If you can't get a guy to perform uh, or he doesn't have the mental attitude or he doesn't have the feet or the desire to blow somebody off the line of scrimmage, it's tough. then you recruit the wrong guy. You better get the right guy, a guy that has got a 50-pound heart and maybe doesn't weigh 350 pounds, maybe he's only 295, but want to eat the guy up eat the guy up in front of him. And I think it all starts with that. I think he's got to play and be, be aggressive and own the line of scrimmage and want to own the line of scrimmage and isn't afraid to tell the defensive line coach uh, the next time you do this or the offensive defensive player, you know, I'm not putting up with that crap. You better watch yourself. And, you know, today they don't allow some of the things that we did. You know, sometimes a good fight in practice wasn't bad. 
sort of set the tone. But when a defensive lineman got tired of being held by an offensive lineman, he says, the next time you hold me, I'm going to deck you. And, you know, sometimes you don't see that as much because it's not the right sportsmanship. But there's also the pride of winning and losing. And I'm not saying you're going to deck the guy, but you're going to tell the guy, hey, get get away from that. Because it, it's very important that I'm able to perform what I'm supposed to do. And the same thing with the offensive lineman as far as getting off the football. And, and don't embarrass me when we're on the one-yard line and we can't make it into the end zone in four downs. Are you kidding me? You're embarrassing me. I mean, you've got to be able to understand, too, on play calling, on what they're using as far as the defensive techniques, and also put yourself in a position. When Stanford runs that jumbo formation, what are they telling you? We're tougher than you are. We're going to get that one yard. You're going to get real low as you see them get real low on the defensive line, but they're going to get lower. And they're going to drive you off the line of scrimmage, and they're going to get that touchdown. Well, that's the pride you've got to build into your offensive line as far as believing that and doing that. And uh, you've got to have, be a little bit of an athlete, too. And you can't have this, oh, well, I held the guy. Bull. I told you before, when a guy would hold too much, I would tape his hand shut all week so he never could get used to that. Make him do it the hard way first. You won't hold anybody in the game, and if you hold them in the game, we'll tape your hands in the game. Because holding hurts your team. So there's ways, and you know, people will say, oh, this guy's crazy. You're listening to me, and you're saying you're crazy. Not crazy. It's what it takes to be successful. And kids love you for teaching them that way. Kids love to be pushed. Kids love discipline. Kids love those type of things, especially when you love them off the field and you care about them sincerely on who they are and what their problems are and how you take care of them. They'll go out and they'll fight for you. So I think that those are the things that, you know, that I believe in. The coach, Harvey Hyde, sharing some insights on a Sunday. Talk about some toughness in the trenches is needed. A lot about the coaching staff. That's where it seems what the, the, the hot button for most uh, USC fans We'll see. I think, uh, you know, after signing day, I know a lot of people have a bad taste in their mouth. We'll see. After signing day, Coach, maybe think people, it picks up a little bit. People are a little happier. Um, we'll see. But, it, you know, obviously last year there was a lot of momentum coming off the Rose Bowl. Signing day was good. And that led into spring football. This spring football will be more interesting because there's a co- quarterback battle. Whenever there's a quarterback battle in spring football, it always makes it more interesting to me. But we'll see if the, this coaching staff can kind of pick up some of the momentum, see who the hire is for the running back coach, you know, obviously signing day stuff and and try to get this back on the right track. It's just I know there's a lot of USC fans out there are just upset right now, coach. So we'll see if Coach Helton well, yeah. and everyone can get They're this going. They're upset. They're upset. They have a reason to be upset. And I think the coaches have a reason to be upset because they haven't lived up to what what USC is all about. Yes, they've won. I think it's great that they've won, and I like Clay Helton. But let them be themselves as an administrator. Uh, Len Swan, let them coach the way you were coached, okay? You remember those days, Lynn. Let them do it. You played under it. You know what it's all about. You played with great players. There was no uh, crybaby stuff. Let them coach them in a humane way. Care about your kids. But get out there and become Trojans the way people expect them to play. And it starts at the top. And, uh, you know, you know, I just, uh, people, you know, we can all talk too much and complain. We shouldn't. But, again, you expect a certain level 
of performance when you're USC. And, and you, when you get these top classes, that even makes it worse. Because everyone assumes you've got great players, and then when you're not performing at that level, then it makes it worse on you. But, you know, support Clay Helton. Give him an extension, but you can put in the extension anything you want as far as outs. Bring the program to a positive point. Bring together everybody, including the president and the regents. Mend the uh, problems. Bring Reggie Bush back to campus. Now, a lot of you people are saying, oh, no. Hey, get the Heisman Trophy back in the case where it deserves. What are you talking about? Bring everybody back together and make USC USC. I love it, Coach. Uh, that's that's one of my off-season goals. Get USC uh, Reggie Bush reinstated. Like this is all ridiculous. So move that forward. So we'll we'll try to do that. Um, you know, through this off-season. Okay. Well, Coach, uh, it's been great. I just want to remind everybody we're doing a special promotion on uscfootball.com right now through the weekend, through Monday uh, night. Uh, you pay for one month, you pay 10 bucks, and you get five months of access of insider access on uscfootball.com for free. So you're not going to find a better deal than that. Just if you go to the sign-up page on uscfootball.com, anyone that's not a current subscriber. So even if you used to be a subscriber and you're not anymore, if you want to sign up, uh, you can do that, and you'll get uh, four months free, five months for the price of one. And don't forget about sctickets.com. If you need tickets for any kind of sporting event, make sure you go there. Tell Curtis that Coach Harvey Hyde sent you, and you got to check out Coach's website, too, harveyhyde.com, right, Coach? That's it. Nice. All right. Well, Coach, we've got lots of stuff to do to, today on a Sunday. No uh, NFL football. Well, I guess the Pro Bowl, but uh, no real NFL football. That's next, right. No, no NFL football today. Yeah. Next week, we're not going <laughs> to do a show on Sunday next week because we got the Super Bowl. But uh, Somebody asked me last night, why don't they just have the seniors play the Pro Bowls? I said, are you kidding me? Those guys don't want to play football. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This is a vacation. So uh, a lot of incentives, a lot of extra money by being selected. You know, I'm off to the basketball game. I'm going down to the watch the SC Cal game at 1 o'clock. So nice. uh, uh, get out and support. The, I read the article in the paper today, the Times and the attendance at the Galen Center and for the basketball program sort of made me feel guilty. So I'm out down there. All right, well, go check it out, Coach, and everyone else. If you're, yeah, hopefully you get to go see this USC Hoops team who's been on a tear lately. So see if they can keep it going. All right, that's the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow me on Twitter at Inside Troy. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.